We are well on our way to a new college football season. Happy to have you for College Football Live with Harry Lyles Jr. and Desmond Howard. I'm Wendy Nix. Now, it is not a game of Survivor, at least not yet anyway. However, if it was, well, we'd have a new alliance. And the so-called alliances between the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12, here are the commissioners. Our discussions centered on the unprecedented environment within college athletics today and how best we, together, could address the challenges ahead. There's turbulence right now in college athletics. There are things that we need to address. We need to have strong leadership. We need to work together. And I'm looking forward to having an opportunity to work with Jim and George and our respective leaders on our campuses and in our conferences to figure a lot of these issues out. The foundation of college sports is in many respects in turmoil. But these matters, while challenging, also present once in a generation opportunities for the leaders in college sports to reevaluate long-standing ways of conducting our business, hit the reset button, and come together to make a positive difference in the future evolution of college sports. From a longer-term perspective, we are bullish on the scheduling alliance as it will elevate the national profile of all of our teams by playing from coast to coast with college fans across the country as the beneficiaries and do help create a degree of certainty in an environment that has become increasingly unstable. Well, they say the agreement represents the future evolution of college athletics and scheduling. So here's what you need to know. Some key takeaways. Again, we're talking about an agreement, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12. They plan on collaborating on things like academics, diversity and inclusion, social justice, and, of course, the future, future structure of the NCAA. In addition, the three conferences will also look to schedule interconference matchups in football, basketball, and Olympic sports once contracts allow it. We're joined now by senior writer for ESPN.com, Adam Rittenberg. And Adam, obviously you were there. You listened to the press conference. What's your initial takeaway? Well, Wendy, this was never going to be a press conference that offered a lot of specifics. You know, there's going to be a scheduling agreement in place, but with so many contracts in, in place and, and games scheduled out, you weren't going to get a lot of those parameters just yet. You know, this was done mainly because these leagues and these commissioners feel that college athletics is under siege, to, so to speak, and they believe by aligning around common values in sort of these abstract areas that they'll ultimately be stronger going forward. But this is always going to be a wait-and-see type thing as Pac-12 commissioner George Klyovkov said of his parents ultimately it's what you do not what you say so I don't know how much they could have said today barring some type of agreement that they would promise not to poach one another's members that would really be uh, full of substance so this is much more about the future much more about these abstract ideas in these leagues you did, though, have the opportunity to ask the commissioners if this was in reaction, of course, to the news that Texas and Oklahoma will join the SEC. Here's what Commissioner Kevin Warren had to say. I think what that did is that that allowed all of us in college athletics to, to make you maybe take a step back and take a step forward to really start evaluating what will the next 1, 3, 5, 7, 10, 15 years look like in college athletics. So I wouldn't say this is a reaction to... Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, but I think uh, uh, to, to, to be totally candid is that you have to evaluate 
you know, what's going on in the landscape of college athletics. I don't know, Adam, if the if the why matters all that much, but are you satisfied with, with the answer to that question? Well, I think it's certainly one of the factors that drove this alliance to happen, Wendy. And I think what ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips you know, said a little bit after that is telling. He said, listen, normally when one realignment move happens, many others soon follow. And we believe that's not the path that we want to have going forward. We believe we're stronger together. And so this is, I think, looked at by these three leagues as an alternative to realignment. The concern, I think, or the cynicism from outside will say, why didn't you guys just sign a contract saying that? They, they didn't feel like they had to. They said that the handshake agreements and looking each other in the eye and the trust that they formed over the past few weeks is strong enough. And again, only time will tell because uh, this is a very dynamic environment and certainly what the SEC did got everyone's attention around the sport. And certainly worth noting again that at least right now this alliance is a gentleman's agreement, if you will. Adam, a lot to watch, and we will certainly be doing that. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Desmond, I don't know how many times we said when we, when we heard the news that Texas and Oklahoma would likely join the FCC that that was just the first domino to fall. It was never going to be the only thing to affect the landscape of college football. So does anything about this surprise you or get your attention? No, it doesn't surprise me at all. Like you said, Wendy, actually, it's funny that a couple of weeks ago we were doing College Football Live, and that's when the news broke that Texas and Oklahoma were both going to join the SEC. And now here we are, now a big alliance between the ACC, Pac-12, and Big Ten. And to keep it um, 100, 100 with you, as a commissioner, for you to sit, sit there and watch what happened with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, if you would have just watched it and not made any moves to either try to enhance your conference or at the very least protect your asset, meaning the schools, then you would probably been fired for a derelict of duty. So it made perfect sense that these three conferences, I thought it would be the Pac-12 and Big Ten. The ACC was a surprise, but I had to, you had to know that these commissioners were not going to just sit there on their hands and let Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC and do nothing. That was the first domino, Harry, and now we just saw another domino fall, too. Yeah, Desmond, I, I think you're right, and I think that that was one thing that a lot of us were looking at these other commissioners like, hey, like we knew that there was going to be something else that happened, especially when you look at Bob Bowlesby, it's like, how do you not know what's going on in your conference? But the thing that's amazing to me is that, like, the handshake agreement, like, that's that's it. I, I understand that there's a lot of other hoops to jump through, and they wanted to get something done quickly. Uh, but but a lot of this is just symbolic, which I, I guess is, like, okay, and that's fine and stuff like that. But if you look at the list of things that they had, uh, it, they listed a lot of things that matter, right? Like racial justice issues. They had uh, the gender equality things on there, which we had with the NCAA tournament last year listed all these things that all of us can get behind, right? Because they're very important issues and then got to the things that they actually wanted. So if I'm a player from the Pac-12 and the We Are United group, I'm kind of looking at this like, hey, like, you know, I don't know how seriously I'm supposed to take this if we don't have something documented and agreed upon. So I know that you're going to take this seriously. Uh, so it, it all kind of feels a little flaky to me, but they, like you said, Des, they had to do something. <laughs> Well, at the very least, Harry, it feels early, I think, to your point, because eventually these things have to be signed, sealed, and delivered, or, or you know, the handshake is great, uh, but there's a, lot, there's a lot of dollars at stake. So 
Again, when we rattle off these conferences, at least in principle, have agreed to align, what you don't hear is the Big 12. Okay, we, we said nothing about the Big 12. Here's what the commissioners had to say about the conspicuous absence of the Big 12. I'm confident that under Bob's leadership, that uh, he will do what's best for his conference. And again, you know, a lot of these uh, these issues that we've been dealing with are are issues that have have been uh, uh, on the table here for really weeks and 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 not months. And so a lot of this stuff is fresh and new. But I'm sure Bob will will uh, will figure things out. Let me put it directly: We want and need the Big Twelve to do well. The Big Twelve matters in college athletics. The Big 12 matters in Power 5 athletics and our FBS group. Uh, Daz, look, I, I agree the Big 12 matters, but if that's the case, you know, where, where are they at this point? I tell you what, that's, a, that's the million-dollar question. I would love to hear one of them answer that and then be as honest as they can. Obviously, all conferences matter in the big landscape of college football, but the Big 12, they just lost their two biggest assets, Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, they're not they're playing the conference right now, but we know they're on their way to the SEC. So I don't think that the Big 12 was as attractive to these other three conferences when it's wanted to form this alliance. I think that's the biggest issue here, Harry. Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma, they just aren't as attractive to anybody. Yeah, guys, there's there's no way that, uh, at least in the eyes of these other three conferences, that the Big 12 matters enough because uh, if you don't have some sort of legally binding agreement in this and you're having this handshake agreement in a Zoom meeting, uh, those invites don't get lost in the mail, y'all. They just, they're not important enough in the eyes of these <laughs> other three conferences, and it showed a lot today. I, I love that, Harry. No truer words. They certainly did not get lost in the mail, and it is a conspicuous absence. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, worth noting, again, it's a handshake agreement for now. Uh, we'll see what happens. Still to come on College Football Live, it is also time to start talking about college football. We are just days away now from the return of a new season. We'll talk about Chip Kelly and Brett Bielema. How were their squads fair in 2021? They both play this weekend. Plus, there's still a little bit of summer left. We're not ready to kick it out of here just yet. We'll check out how some of our ACC teams are spending their last few days of summer camp. Top story this afternoon, the announcement that there's a new alliance between three conferences, the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12. They say it's the future evolution of college athletics and scheduling. There's no signed contract at this point, just a handshake agreement between the 41 perhaps soon-to-be member institutions. It's time now, though, for college football. We are just days away. We call it week zero. Several teams will be shaking off some rust. UConn, New Mexico State, Alcorn State, and NC Central. We'll be playing this Saturday the first time since 2019 after missing last season due to COVID. There's one Power 5 matchup, a Big Ten battle between Nebraska and Illinois. Scott Frost had posted three sub-500 seasons 
at his alma mater, while former Wisconsin and Arkansas head coach Brett Bielema will make his debut for Illinois. And speaking of coaches, Chip Kelly will be kick off his fourth season at UCLA as the Bruins host Hawaii at the Rose Bowl, just the flush like frost. Kelly has yet to have a winning season in his three years at UCLA. Harry, I'll start with you. Is this the year, so to speak, that Chip Kelly will get his squad over the hump? I do think we're going to see a lot of improvement out of them this season. They went 3-2 and two last year, and honestly, for as difficult as all, all the seasons were last year, Pac-12 had a really difficult one. I think UCLA had a season where, you know, that was as good as they could have asked for. Uh, according to my man Bill Connolly, they're returning 93% of their production. Even talked to a couple of his other players during the summer. And they like how he's grown as a coach, and they think that they're going to have a good year this year. Obviously, Oregon and USC are going to be the favorites in that conference. But I do think that we're going to see a better UCLA team this year for sure. Daz, look, Brett Bielema, no stranger to the head coaching ranks, not by a long shot. In fact, what do you anticipate from Bielema in his first year at Illinois? I tell you what, Wendy, I think, you know, you look at a guy like Coach Bielema, he's very familiar with the landscape of the Big Ten. He knows how to coach in the Big Ten. Spent some years in the NFL, so he's going to bring a lot of new, fresh ideas with him. And the cupboard isn't bare. I mean, Lovey Smith left him 18 returning starters, nine on offense, nine on defense. They were two and six a year ago. They will be a much tougher team, a much more physical team, and I think a much more disciplined team. I think we're going to see a better Illinois team when they take the field against Nebraska. Well, again, it's coming quick. Just a couple of days now, four, I guess, to be exact. We call it week zero, and then we've got week one. So teams are really winding down. And take a look at this, though. I, it still feels like summer. And so in some instances, these guys have been in two days. They've been working hard for weeks now. Uh, we'll talk about the Pitt Panthers first, who were headed to practice, all right? And then Coach Narduzzi says, you know what? Hold up. Uh, we're going to go to the amusement park instead, which you know got everybody's attention. But guys, I, I, listen, I don't, I don't want to point it out, but I don't know if there's a, a weight limit on this thing. That would be the offensive lineman <laughs> on that, on that thing. And I, I don't, I do not want to be. I don't know if you want to be front or behind. <laughs> Look at those guys. <laughs> hey, this I time mean, of the year, you always want to try to do something listen, creative for your team and get the, you know, just get them away from the field. Yep. You know what? Who needs shirts? You don't. You don't need shirts. I, but I tell you what, they're not. He's not the only one. Take a look uh, at the very welcome announcement for Miami. Watch this. All right. Hope everybody had a good recovery this morning. Make sure we're on airplane mode, locked in, ready to go. But I want to really unpack something. We had, we had a conversation this morning in the defensive staff room. I really want to unpack emotional toughness. Because, guys, external pressures put on you all, we recognize as a coaching staff. And golf, to me, is such a great example of emotional toughness. It's just the ball. It's just sitting there. So it's you and your what? Mind. And your mind. And your thoughts. Y'all don't come up. Yes. Justin. Yes, sir. Let's cancel meetings. We're going to top golf. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, then the man got to 
<laughs> Who would put a car dealership next to a, a top golf? Hey, this camera right now. This right here. Yeah. Oh, no, you almost kicked the thing off. Hold on, buddy. Do it again. What I hit? Got the ball. Turn your hips, and that'll make the ball inside out. If anything, it'll go right. Coach Diaz got gloves, shoes, golf clubs. They were mentally and physically prepared for this. We got Jimmy the boot. Got the boot on. The ball in the air. The boys fighting. Welcome to camp. No, nothing better than your mental makeup and go. I quit after five holes yesterday. I'm not proud, but it is true. I got so mad. Des, listen, uh, Clemson's got the Atlantic wrapped up previously. They've, they've dominated for the past few years. Who wins the ACC Coastal this year? Well, I got to say, it looked like those guys went to Charles Barkley School of Golf. But uh, anyway, I, I'm going to go with the Canes. <laughs> I, I'm going with the Canes. Again, get, getting De'Aaron King back off the ACL. Reports coming out of Coral Gables is he's 100%. But I think the biggest um, change is going to be Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz is now going to take over full duties as a defensive coordinator. So I think that's going to be extremely important. Coming out with that game against Alabama, neutral site game in Atlanta, we're going to learn a lot about Miami. But Harry, I got to go with the Canes. Yeah, Des, I know a popular pick for everybody right now is North Carolina. Obviously, everybody loves Sam Howell. They're returning an experienced offensive line. But, man, he lost a lot of weapons that are getting some preseason NFL reps right now. So I'm with you right here. I'm going with Miami. You know, De'Ara King's finally healthy, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a financial standpoint as well. Uh, I think that as long as they're able to replace some of their pass rushers that they lost to the NFL, that Miami should have a pretty good year this year. And obviously, we're going to find out early what they're made of. Well, you're right. Sam Howell lost his top four targets from last year. That can make a big difference. We'll see. Uh, again, we'll see soon with all of these teams as college football draws closer. We've got a kickoff weekend. We call it week zero. Next weekend will be the first full weekend of college football. But this time around, we've got the 18th annual MEAC Swack Challenge. It's Alcorn State squaring off against NC Central. 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN and the ESPN app. It is our celebration of the HBCU's history and college game day. Des, you'll be there as well. We look forward to it. It's time for college football. Oh, my God, we're back again. Brother, sisters, everybody sing. So fast, my friend. <laughs> Got a question for you, better answer now. My, what a long, strange trip it has been. What once seemed normal now seems nostalgic. What we used to expect 
now exceeds all expectations. After a season most notable for protocol, safety measures, and medical jargon, we turn a page, tip our hat to science, and look ahead to the actual competition and celebration. The pageantry rivaled rarely by any other sport. Finally, we can let the bands play. Let the crowd roar in a valiant effort to drown out what we've lost and welcome what we've learned. A new perspective and an appreciation of the togetherness we once took for granted. Without question, the cardboard cutouts were a novel solution to a problem we never knew we'd have. But there isn't a likeness in the world that can rival the real thing, the exuberant, hopeful faces of college football. It's certainly possible the tide rolls again, conceivable that an outlier returns to its once fine form, or maybe the biggest storyline that emerges is one we never saw coming. It's that possibility, that potential, that draws us right back. Not right back to the new normal, if you will. What does that mean anyway? To the now, the here and the now, and the game we've earned the right to be grateful for like never before. I think for a lot of us, we've never looked more forward to the debut of college football than we will this time around. Des, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, when I'm looking forward to new faces at the most important position in all the football, the quarterback position at places like Ohio State, you got C.J. Stroud taking over for Justin Fields, who's now with the Bears. He has a great receiving room. We got Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I want to see how he's going to perform. And then you got Bryce Young. Bryce Young got the Bears to the, the, the keys to the Bears of Tuscaloosa, Harry. I want to see how he does too. <laughs> Harry? Des, I want to see how Alabama reloads off the best season that they've had in school history, at least a team that we see on paper. Let's see how it goes for them. All right, we're back again tomorrow, just four days away, guys. College Football Live, 3 o'clock Eastern. For Harry and Desmond, I'm Wendy. Get ready for football. It is coming fast. See